Welcome to the Now There's a Thought podcast. Today, a podcast host, several pastors, a charity exec, and a scientist walk into a bar and invite you to ask us anything. It's a different setup today with a whole panel of guests from Science of Faith in the Second City, including me. So Andy will be hosting this episode, and the space for the pop-up bar is kindly provided by Chaplains for Lust, so thank you to them. Welcome to the Now There's a Thought bar. I'm afraid you'll have to buy your own drink. Over to Andy. We have a takeover, not a hostile one. You'll be pleased to know, but we got a rabble in the venue, and <laughs> it's slowly becoming more hostile. The more tea they have, <laughs> the more tea they have, and um, in, in this rabble is the regular host and our very own Louise Davis. What's going on? Who are these people? And why didn't anyone tell me about this? <laughs> it's all a bit weird, isn't it? You're it's... doing a very good job considering nobody told you about it, apparently. Well, you know the magic of cinema. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the team behind Science and Faith in the Second City, which was a series of events that we all ran together next year. Um, last year? Last year. Yeah, 22. Yeah. Yeah. But I like your face. <laughs> Everyone looked at the thunder. Next year as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and it pretty much does what it says on the tin, but I'm sure we'll talk about it more. Come on, yeah. All right, so these are your friends. They're, yes, Invited they are. guests. I will own up to that. <laughs> I prefer friends. <laughs> I prefer <laughs> friends. Yes. Well, we'll have to see how each individual relationship pans out here. Okay, so this is the Science and Faith Gang. Yeah. So if this was a Friends episode, uh, we could call this the one with the Science and Faith gang. Yeah, sure. Yeah, no. we'll call it that. All right, that's good. Uh, not just any gang. The Science and Faith gang. There we are. If Marks and Spencer's did gangs. All right, so we do some hellos and find <laughs> out who's in the space then. We're going to go around and have a look. We'll start with you, Lou. Start with okay. We'll start with you. What's your name, Louise? And what on earth are you... Well, actually, I've got better questions out. We'll unpack Science and Faith in a minute. What I wanted to find out from people so we could get to know you so we could get to know you a little bit, is we're going to do hellos, and then if you have a passion. And if you haven't got a passion, just what you do for regular employment or activity. That'll be good. Okay. Um, so, so really, in the style of old, old school, blind date, what's your name, where are you from, and what do you do? <laughs> Slash passion. Cool. So my name's Louise. I am the usual host of this podcast. Mm. And uh, for money, I am a translator, which does come from my passion of kind of trying to understand people and other cultures and work out how, th how they tick and um, be able to communicate well. Louise, thanks very much. And next to you is... Hi, I'm Steve. Hi, Steve. Hi. Um, I, uh, for money, I run Christian charities. Well, precisely one. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> but, but one at a time, but currently transitioning from uh, Chaplaincy Plus in Birmingham to YMCA in the black country. Very good. Yeah. I thought for a moment we'd found the person responsible for all Christian charity activity. <laughs> well, you know, I, I just, I, I don't want to boast, but, you know. <laughs> um, and my passion is uh, young people and, um, and people from the Southeast Asian sort of continent. So oh. Pakistan, India, because I was born and brought up in Pakistan. Oh, drop that and in. So, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, that's me. Very good. Thanks, Steve. Nice to meet you. Next to Steve is... So I am Stu, and nice I Stu. am from uh, Grace Church, Sturchley. Ah. Um, but originally, I was born and brought up in Blackpool, so not quite as exotic as Pakistan. <laughs> <laughs> it depends who you speak to. <laughs> oh, right, OK. Yeah. Um, and my passion is... So uh, one thing I love doing at Grace Church is just uh, uh, seeing... Uh, uh, seeing God's kingdom grow in in a variety of different ways mm. through uh, through different means. I'm also really passionate about running, which I know yeah, is a bit yeah, sad. Yeah. Like running is the sport that everybody loves to hate, but I really love 
love it. I just love going out and just. Stu, yeah, Stu you're just right love. on it though. The January crew, you know, the January crew, you're going to be kind of lots of runners at the moment. Oh, yeah, to this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. March episode, a lot fewer runners <laughs> exist, but uh, yeah, that's brilliant. And what a lovely answer as well about your passion. Steve, how do you feel about your answer there? Is it Christian enough, do you think? Or? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm just, I'm happy to be me. Yeah, okay, <laughs> all right. We've got a secure person in the building. That's good. Stu, thanks for that. That's very good. Who's next to Stu? I'm Micah. Um, and my answers are going to be similar to Stu's, but a little bit lamer uh, <laughs> each time. That's really managing our expectations. Yeah, yeah, Thank so, you so much. Yeah, buckle in, guys. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm Micah. I work for a church called The Gate Church, which was Ooh. planted by Stu's church uh, nearly what? nine years ago. So uh, so they, they booted us out. Um, all that time ago, planted. Uh, yeah, no, it was it was more like cell division, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, to get it sciency. Um, I <laughs> I come oh, from well, a, I come from a small town near Black near Blackpool, but just a little bit worse. Mike is basically a budget version of me. <laughs> um, and I, I, I work for the Gate Church, helping them to think about evangelism, helping them to think about outreach and connecting with their local community. Uh, and I'm really passionate about that. It's, yeah. um, I, I, I went for that job because it's what I wanted to try and squeeze into my spare time and get to do it in my full time. Um, and I also... Uh, I'm very passionate about Dungeons and Dragons. What? So, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Very good. Thanks, Micah. Excellent stuff there. Right, next to Micah, we have... I'm Hugh. Hello, everybody. Hello, Hello Hugh. Hugh. <laughs> so uh, I'm from a place which actually competes with Pakistan. I'm from Yorkshire, uh, <laughs> God's, God's own county, and uh, very proud of it, although I've not lived there for a long time. Um, my passions are, I'm a retired scientist, and I'm still doing science, so my passions are divided between doing my science, but also I spend quite a lot of time in my garage these days rubbing down bits of old furniture and trying to restore them, and so that's oh. a, a second passion in my life. Oh, the spirit, oh, the spirit of restoration is on you. <laughs> Furniture and people. Amazing. Well, you're absolutely right. The whole idea of restoration fits in very well with my Christian understanding of God and, the, Come on. and his world. Come on, Hugh. And Hugh, some of you will remember Hugh from our first ever our debut Thought Bar podcast. And so, Hugh, it's great to have you back. Just uh, before Hugh says it, I'll say it. Um, spent two hours chatting with Hugh on that first episode. And then when I saw him at a Science and, Christian, uh, Science and Faith in the Second City event, he said not with words but with his face who are you <laughs> and uh, ever since then he's been apologizing for it it's okay it's okay i am forgettable all right next to hugh who have we got hello i'm johnny hi uh, johnny i'm a leader at church central south which is a church in birmingham um i'm passions interesting I, people say i'm quite enthusiastic so i've got a lot of things i'm enthusiastic about um Ranging from Everton Football Club, less Ooh. so at the moment. Yeah, uh, difficult days. Very dark, dark mm. days, but I, I won't dwell on that. Um, my, my kind of academic background is philosophy, so I, I do... Can you get passionate about philosophy? Maybe, yeah. who knows? Uh, also, uh, the arts generally, uh, very much into the arts. I happen to... I'm in a very low form of the arts, so we say a budget, budget version of you, I'm budget art, some would yeah. say, but I'm a rapper. It's my, oh. it's my, it's my, it's my he's got a brilliant song on YouTube. It's called My Hyundai, 
look it up. Is that is that what it's called, or is that just part of this? That song? is actually what it's called. Yeah, it, it appeals go. to a very specific subset. <laughs> if you imagine a Venn diagram of people who are into very specific early '90s hip hop and Hyundai cars, <laughs> it's, it's for those people. So. Do you know, eight, eight billion people in the world. There's going to be a few. Yeah. Probably about a thousand or so. <laughs> we'll take know. that. We'll take that. That's brilliant. I don't know if he kind of was bigging you up or dropping you in it with that there, Steve, but. Bigging him up. Bigging him up. Okay, there you are, no doubt. Thanks it is so a much. classic of the genre, so just say so you're all The Hyundai or the, or the rap? <laughs> all round. <laughs> all of them are. And also in the room we have Chris, our producer and sound recorders. Hi, Chris. Thanks for being with us. Very good. And then there's... Oh, look at that. That's very good. And then also there's myself doing a bit of hosting, a pastor of Gallery Church normally on the receiving end of the hosting and uh, very lucky to still be here. So today, what have we got coming up? Well, we're going to make new friends. Hello, new friends. And we've got loads of questions from listeners um, to the podcast and also kids from churches. And um, similar to Science and Faith here, we just really want there to be a safe place for people to ask proper questions uh, about church and about faith and about religion and stuff so we kind of there's a huge crossover between science and faith and the thought podcast so it's really great that you're with us today and uh, thanks for being with us so what is was or going into the future like louise said is science and faith in the second city who can shout up and just let me know and let the listeners know what was it it happened last year i know that much go on here it was a project of public talks in Birmingham yeah. uh, in which we touched on a whole series of different topics that related to science very broadly and how it impacted the Christian faith. Mm. So we talked about things like uh, mental health, yeah. we talked about things like the environment, we talked about identity and one or two more technical subjects as well. Yeah. And we had speakers who were experts in these fields mm. who came along and shared their knowledge with us. Oh, that's very good. I can see why you all pointed at Hugh there. You can't point at Hugh for all of them. Just out of mercy for Hugh, I think, really. Very good. Um, yeah, so what were people's roles? What did we get up to here? Um, I'm look, I'll, let's start over with Johnny. Johnny, what, well, what Michael was you the on? bouncer, weren't you? <laughs> I was, um, I was uh, had the lofty privilege of uh, being quite close to the venues. So yes. uh, I got to be there relatively early, usually. And I sometimes got the other privilege of driving the speaker to the train station privileges very exciting stuff (laughs) yes if i can just add these guys were amazing because i came to this group originally with a long list of topics about what should we talk about Mm. now bear in mind i just moved from cambridge and all the sorts of things i was thinking about were atomic physics and randomness and all these things. Yeah, we, these all, guys, we all are, Hugh, all the time. <laughs> these guys brought me down to earth and said, no, these are not the things that people are currently very interested mm. in. Once you move out of the academic um, hothouse of Cambridge. Sure. And right. so we managed to hone our series of topics to a series of themes yeah. that were much more relevant to people who are living in the West Midlands. Well, or any geographical area that uh, isn't... It isn't Cambridge. It isn't a hotbed <laughs> of... Yeah, fair enough. It's almost like we had to subsect the West Midlands there. <laughs> they think different there. I, I'd have to say that the hub of the operation for me has is, is always been Steve. I right. mean, he's the, uh, the, uh, the hub of the wheel. So to be, I, I remember in it was in lockdown, maybe the second lockdown, and Steve contacted me about uh, maybe we could put 
uh, the idea of science of faith mm. and how this guy Hugh had come along, who was new to us at that point. Um, and uh, Steve and I and um, Stu and Micah and some other churches around, we've been doing um, a project, similar, quite similar events called um, yeah. Is Faith Reasonable for a number of years. Right, like an uh, existing... Uh, yeah, 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 existing yeah. series of events. And the idea really wanting to uh, invite as many people from the city into the conversation about the reasonableness of the Christian faith. Again, getting right. expert speakers in, doing it in the, in the centre of the city, hmm. uh, not uh, not right on the edges so that people can come in, yeah. uh, particularly for the business community. And I think that had obviously stopped a little bit before COVID, but obviously during mm. lockdown. And then Steve contacts me and goes, hey, we're going to do these events. We're going to do loads of events this time because we'd only done one office before. Yeah. And I must admit, I was still in lockdown. So I think I'm never going to yeah. leave my house ever <laughs> yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. Steve, you're a madman. Like, <laughs> but um, he dragged us, uh, he dragged me kicking and screaming into the post-COVID age. So thanks for getting me to leave my house. And uh, yeah, well done. <laughs> Well, it's fun, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I think, I think you know, we were looking for a way of getting ourselves out, out again. I right. Think. Yeah, and yeah. Um, um, when Hugh, Hugh and I started that conversation, it was very much, I mean, anybody who knows me will know I just get very excited and enthusiastic <laughs> about things. And, and, the, and, and, you know, the Christian message, the reasonableness of the faith is definitely one of those that yeah, we yeah. have to keep finding ways of representing in, mm. in, in, in a way that's attractive, engaging, yeah. relevant and just well done yes you know yeah, it's got yeah. to be well done because because people are so uh, discerning aren't they yeah, and yeah, if, yeah, if yeah. it's not very well done it's a bit shabby and yeah. so when when you come along you know and and we we applied for this funding we got the funding you know i knew we would be able to produce something at mm. least if, even if nobody came it'd be really well produced yeah. and for those that yeah. did come would feel a sense that yeah, a sense of occasion, a sense of um, engagement in the topics and the people, and uh, that was really exciting. And and actually, you know, it just uh, it's it brilliant to get get Louise and and, and yeah. In as How well. did Louise get involved? Yeah. How did I get involved? How did you get involved? Just to Johnny's point a moment, I feel like Steve, you're a madman, is the start of a lot of conversations with Steve. <laughs> and then, like, Steve's gift is 10 minutes later, we're all like, yeah, that's going to happen. We're doing this. <laughs> it's fantastic. Um, so, no, I got involved um, kind of via Hugh. So Hugh, when Hugh was in Cambridge, he was involved with the Faraday Institute for Science and Religion, who are mm. friends of the podcast. Hello. Yeah, so um, then when they heard that we were doing something and that you guys were doing something in Birmingham. They went, well, have you met Louise and Andy? Yeah. And we went, no, but let's do that. <laughs> um, and yeah, here we are. And it's, it's been very good fun. Very good. Yeah. So, um, what, uh, how did they go? How did the events go? I mean, obviously like when you put events on, you can see everything other people can't see. Um, but I suppose on a kind of more macro level, was it a successful year? Do you think it went well? And um, what was the feedback and the appetite for them? I think it's really interesting. That's an interesting question, which I haven't properly, like, mm. this is the first time we've met since the last... Oh, well, we're happy to facilitate that. Yeah, right this, is our, okay. this is the AGM. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Who dropped the ball, team? Come on, let's be honest. Uh -oh. And I think, yeah, it's, it's really interesting when, when you ask that question. As a whole thing, mm. how did it go? Because I think that that is a really hard question to answer. There was there was uh, definite, uh, definite peaks and moments of real kind of yeah. like, wow, Mm. This is amazing. Um, you know, so like I think of um, like the first John Lennox event that we did, mm. 
back in April, was it? Yeah. Wow. Feels yeah. like such wow. a long time yeah. ago now. Like that was that was just really exciting just just to be there in the uh, in Millennium Point, you know, mm. which is a, a huge venue and um St Philip's in town. That was beautiful. Just to jump I mean, mainly for me it was uh, John Lennox's face on an <laughs> IMAX screen because <laughs> he couldn't actually yeah. come to two two days to go. He has never had such a big face. It was incredible. <laughs> I was at that one. John Lennox couldn't make it in the end, yeah. could he? So we had yeah. to um zoom him in or however we did that. Yeah. And it was on an IMAX screen designed to be the biggest, most immersive viewing experience ever <laughs> not designed for a single face typically is it get avatar yeah. too that was uh, that was the one well, like, i don't know if you've seen um les miserables but that's that's actually like that like when when you notice it it's all people's faces singing yeah. and yeah. on on the cinema it's like oh your face is so big and so intense it was anyway, yeah but yeah i i think I think also like another one that went down really well was the um, mental health and spirituality. Yeah. Right, like yeah. that was a packed sure. house over yeah. at the the Novotel. Like I think that yeah. that exceeded our expectations because we'd had sure. we'd had a quiet few kind of leading up to that, but mm. then it just that just kind of exploded. It felt like yeah, and. And I, I remember sitting in the room and looking around the room and actually seeing like quite a lot of people that I knew from different contexts being yeah. like, oh, that guy's here. Or, oh, she's here. Oh, yeah, oh that's yeah. really interesting. And, you know, and people like still the other week, um, uh, somebody who I, I work with uh, at our church was like, oh, yeah, you remember in that mental health and spirituality talk? Right. And I said this and I'm still thinking through that. Yeah. So I think, you know, that that was that, that was, was a really interesting. John Swinton, was it? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. It, Forgive Swinton. me when I get the professors and the reverence all mixed up. I just go with Well, that. I think he's both, <laughs> isn't he? Yeah. Professor yeah. Reverend. Yeah. Anyway, OK, well, yeah. I'll say it's the wrong way around anyway. There's Professor Reverend John Swinton. <laughs> yeah, OK. Something it was like brilliant, that. wasn't it? I think the uh, one of the other things is that we had quite a, a, a varied uh subject matter going right. through the, going yeah. through the the whole series of events mm. and so what what we found was uh engagement was different on each right. event yeah. so with with big uh broad subjects like um can science answer everything like with john lennox or my yeah. mental health and spirituality there's a lot of broad appeal mm. and um a real broad um kind of catchment of people who came along yeah and then we had some very very specific subjects really specific uh, yeah yes, so we yeah, had yeah. one uh, about gene editing um right. and then we had another one about um yeah. the hard problem of consciousness mm. um and those those attracted a much more specific uh target market you, but he's laughing there yeah the, the, that's a nice way of putting something else in it much it, more specific group. the people who came there really cared about those, yeah, those they subjects. knew their stuff and and yeah. and so I remember going to the yeah to the final one, which uh, was titled "Do Scientists Have the Right to Change My Genes?" Yeah, um, and you know, up at the front were two people who uh, had thought about this question quite a lot, and the the questions that were being sent through wow. were, were really quite specific questions. Yeah, wow. And so the level of like depth yeah. in those in those um, topics was. Uh, was really really impressive mm. so whilst you might have a specific target market for those mm. um yeah it was it was very well engaged yeah mm. brilliant the, That's good. the thing for me i think as well within it all the, the events i think speakers i think we all agree the speakers were absolutely fantastic yeah, and it was a yeah. pleasure to be able to bring just such such great speakers to birmingham but the, what changed was different to me about the whole load of events which is just like probably a sign of the shift in our world, but also my slight dinosaurness was uh, never done events like this that were so well live streamed. And I know Chris yeah, on the yeah. sounder and, and Alex were kind of largely responsible for that. But the, the idea of doing events where 
really you've probably got more people out of the room than in the room in some cases at the time and then obviously lots more later um, and we're looking to build uh, resources of all of the videos that people can use for hopefully years to come because we've got mm. a really good batch of videos just just it's i didn't picture it while well, you're in the middle of it, it's like this is is this event yeah. like for the people here is it for people yeah out yeah, is it for people yeah. in 10 years how does this work and just the possibilities but also there's certain difficulties with that as well mm, um yeah because obviously the event has to be an event but um, i thought that was fantastic and yeah, yeah the live stream was e excellent brilliant yeah brilliant really anyone else want to say anything else about uh, i mean what, what what might happen in the future for your fans, for the for the group, like you know, are we are we carrying on? Is there any money left? What's what's the deal? There's no plans for any talks uh, in the future as yet. That doesn't mean there won't be. Yeah. Uh, the immediate plans are, as just as Johnny has said, to take some of the resources in terms of the videos mm. that we've made and make them a bit more accessible. Right. So yeah. turning them into learning materials yeah. and signposting them on our website. Great. And so that's the plan for the future. Great. And that's my job for the next few months is oh, to brilliant. chop up these videos into bite-sized chunks yeah. and turn them into study resources for groups or individuals Very good. so we can work over these topics. Love that. Uh, and I think there's a great resource there, as, as Johnny has said, that has got quite a good shelf life yeah it's funny isn't it we like we, we we've come from like johnny was saying like the been in the moment it's only live once it's not really true anymore is it really you know like stuff is out there and and for a, for a while yeah and, and and i just think what just picking up on what johnny said about you know the live streaming and and what mm. you just mentioned i actually think there's massive learning for churches anywhere sure uh actually the Culture has changed. I mean, I work in the business community and mm. so many people now are working from home. Hybrid. Hashtag hybrid. hybrid. Hashtag mm. never coming into the office <laughs> unless they really, really have to. Yeah. Hashtag uh, shirt on top, shorts on the bottom. Basically, yeah. 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 And so and so actually, the and, and we've noticed, haven't we, post-lockdown, actually it's just harder to get people out. Right. You know, it, it's really frustrating because... Actually, when you look at the queues for concerts, you know, packed mm. concert venues going around the corner, and you know, it's just like... Why is it so hard to get people yeah, out? And yeah. so just having to really sort of say, let's sit back and think about this. Mm. Because it doesn't, it, 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 we could either say, oh, woe is us, there's no, there's no more future for it. Yeah. Or we could actually say, let's really think about this. What is, what is the new thing that God's doing? What is the new thing that's possible here? Yeah. yeah. And, and, yeah. And, 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 and listen to what the world's doing. So see, what, okay, well, what are other people doing that were in this intellectual conversation sphere? Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. podcasts, YouTube, mm. um, you know, guests, guests doing much more virtual sort of right. stuff. Um, but then what is there in the in the live i mean we, th we what one of the things that, that i loved about what, what what we started and what's continued is that there is that live engagement yeah and but it's it's always been quite hard to make that what's the word equitable so that you know it doesn't matter where, whether you're a wealthy person in the church or somebody who's perhaps on 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 you know earning minimum wage or something yeah actually if we had a nice event in town which is historically what we did you know we'd have it in the icc or something would that be a barrier to some people sure and yeah. so in a sense this is mm. also lends an opportunity to 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 make it more accessible mm. i don't know there's lots of questions in what i'm saying i've yeah, yeah, not got yeah. any answers but mm. i think when you talk about the future i just think there's a, sen a sense of needing to reflect now because in mm. in honesty the attendance was not what we were hoping or expecting yeah right um, okay. but this was post-covid and it was a bit experimental yeah um so 
And you had a lot more people online than you would have had 15 years ago. Yeah, exactly. So really interesting dynamics. It's really good. It's a reflection for these sorts of things, but also churches, like you say. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Very good. Hugh. Can I just give a shout out for the people that sponsored our yes, talks and our events? Yes, Hyundai. Uh, <laughs> it was, was it Hyundai? Uh, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't, wasn't, wasn't was Rolls-Royce either. Um, there's a group in the University of Dur- Durham who are running a project entitled Engaging Churches in an Age of Science. And they right. were the ones that gave us uh, the money to fund these events. Right. And uh, so we're very grateful for them. And theirs is an ongoing project, uh, which is reaching out in many different parts of the UK at all different levels within the church structure. Very good. Okay, well, we can stick a li- link to that in the show notes, I reckon. For sure. Yeah. For Need sure. a shout out to that goose outside as well, I think. Uh, yeah, those of you listening and heard uh, that wasn't one of the panel here <laughs> was a goose outside yeah no um that was the university of durham durham yes tremendous shout out those guys absolutely okay so we're kind of at a point now where we're going to hand over to the meat of the podcast here which is questions from children and parishioners if you like or people from anybody really listeners and and people from churches and stuff so um we want to shout out to the kids at Knoll parish church yeah. Absolutely. It's is Hugh's hometown. You can tell the type of church Hugh's involved in because, tell us a story, Hugh, what happened? Well, I was asked by our youth group if I would come and do some talks with them about science and faith. Yeah. So the leader of youth group, uh, in preparation, asked the kids for questions and she sent me a mere, what was it, 34, 37 questions. 39 I've got here. Yes, <laughs> yeah. okay, um, for me to answer. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I've split them over two different sessions and uh, some are a bit hard, so we might leave those out. <laughs> so have you already answered them or are you outsourcing them now? <laughs> Is that, well, that's a good idea, yes. I'll, I'll get them to listen to the podcast. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, so we've got in total... About 60-odd questions here. Um, so that's Knoll Parish Church, also C3 Gallery Church. Uh, they've contributed them, but they've come in drawing fashion. Look at these. Aren't these lovely? Ah, oh, Here they are. For the, there's genuine paper in the venue here. Lovely. And we've had some late entries from... Grace Church. Grace Church, Sturchley. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I just saw a new T-shirt from uh, a Birmingham-based independent shop called Provide. I'll say it. Called Provide. And uh, they've got Sturchley across the... They're, they're representing Sturchley. So, my man, you've got to get one of these. I'll definitely have to get myself one of those. Yeah, check out check out the Provide Shop. Um, they're not sponsoring us. I don't know why I've said that. Yet. There we are. Yes. I've seen them before. Yes. I've never been able to afford anything from them. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, you might be able to get this one on some sort of expenses. It says Sturchley. Oh, that, is yeah. that, is, that is Sturchley for you, isn't it? You can afford it. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Okay, so let's go for the question. So, the way we're going to do this is... Um, through randomization, um, which just sounds like... I mean, I I think it is a word, but I don't want it to be a word because I, I like those American words that are made up and really long. But we're going we're gonna to randomise... Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, we're going to randomise this whole randomize. thing. Randomise. <laughs> yes. Did you do that on the mic? Oh, thank goodness for that. I thought, I thought it was lost just into the general air, but you did it right on the mic, which is good. So we've got 60 questions, so we'll go around and we'll ask you to pick a number. Between one and 60, that would be useful, wouldn't it? Um, and and then I'll throw that question to you. And we've got all different levels of, um, <laughs> of philosophical, scientific background here and intelligence. So, um, you know, it's all on you, basically. They'll be listening and saying, tell me. I don't want to say some people's faith depends on your answer. but So let's go. Let's start with uh, the far side here. We're going to go with Johnny. Would you pick a number, please, between one and 60? 
44. 44. All right. Okay. Let's have a your age, Johnny. It is actually. Wow, wow that was yeah. subconscious. I tell you what, there, there might be something on this. Yeah. Um, you know, people thank the universe for an Oscar, don't they? We want to thank the universe right now for this, <laughs> the way this question's fallen. To someone who did philosophy, uh, question 44 is why are people mean? <laughs> That's not from someone who knows you, by the way. <laughs> what? Wow. What a question. I, I was ready for like Adam and Eve or something like that. Why are people. Because I chose the number. Do I have to answer this question? Well, yeah, I think you have to at least pad till someone comes in and helps you. Uh, and if no one does, then that's that. Why are people mean? Why are people I mean? mean Shall we just leave him? Shall we just leave him to. <laughs> they just are. They're mean. Uh, they they're obviously, are. they're just theological. Do you want? Do you, is this? I just want to check, Andy. Where are we going here? Are we going deep theological? Do I have to put on my earnest well, kind of face? Anyway, I'm judging by judging by the drawing. Yeah. I think we've got a primary school child who asked this, so they'll need an accessible answer, but as deep as you can. <laughs> well, I think people are mean because uh, well, they're generally selfish. I, I think. I think we and they being we. I think we are all wow. naturally selfish. Yeah. I think, uh, and there's much I could delve into the Bible for for this, but um, mm. we are attracted to it. I mean, partly it's, it's just natural. We we experience the world from our own perspective. We only feel our own pain. Feel our own. Uh, kind of own pleasure I suppose directly wow. and so in a sense it's natural I think it is also a spiritual condition I don't think we were created like that I think we created much more uh, generous open-handed with the relationship with our creator um, and we but we chose a different path and we're all living in the in the bad of that and hopefully uh, we can find a way to uh, for the solution of that which obviously it will be no surprise. We believe comes through Jesus. So mm. there we go. This must start. Uh, anyone else? Oh, that's really, nice. really good. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yep, that's the RE teacher for you. There you go, Johnny. You could yeah. you could take on primary school RE any day. Yeah. Oh, that was spot on. And at a practical level, I think people are mean because they've been somebody's been mean to them as well. Mm. And sadly, meanness spreads. So mm. if a child says, "Why is my brother being mean to me?" It's probably because somebody's been mean to them, and he's yeah. just passing it on. Mm. Yeah, we'll leave a little gap if anyone wants to jump in. It's a big old tub question, though, isn't it? <laughs> love that. Love those answers. Really good. Really, really good. Um, I like that. And then not afraid to go to the root there. Brilliant. Okay, so Hugh's next. Okay, number three. Number three. Oh. That's not your age, though. <laughs> I'm my age okay. is not on the list. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Hugh, we have... Why did God set seven days in a week? Well, that's a very interesting question, isn't it? Mm. And I don't think I can tell you what God was thinking, but um, it does seem to be that if you put 10 days in a week, as people have experimented with, uh, somehow it doesn't work. People get very tired and, and very mean to each other. Mm -hmm. And right. so for some reason, seven days in a week... Uh, when we have a chance to relax in that seven days, seems to work well for most people most mm. of the time. Interesting. Very good. Yeah, yeah. For some reason, I like that. That's a very inclusive. Mm. Uh, but it would be perhaps a Judeo-Christian pattern of seven days. Or does it come from somewhere else? Well, that's the one we know, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know if it comes elsewhere as well. Ah, okay. And what's fascinating... And we kind of, we could gloss over this is actually, it's not just seven days in a week, but it's seven, it's a block of seven years. And so we talk about lay, letting the land, so the Bible talks about letting the land lie fallow, not, yeah. not grow 
on your seventh year. Mm. And then and then is it is it 49, 77, 49? Yeah. And then there's year the, there's the year of Jubilee. Yeah. So so it's, it's it feels like and but we kind of forget this the seven in the year and seven seven years. And yeah. so yeah, I, I don't know if that, that bears any any resemblance to anything that's useful in this conversation, but I just thought I'd, I'd Well what's theologically seven is the number of completion as well. Um so there you are. Interesting question for uh, for my fellow podcastees. Okay, is this um, a rogue question? Does anybody know? Andy, let's so, go, Stu. So Andy, you were saying, you know, that's kind of like like that's from a Judeo-Christian perspective. Mm. Does anybody know if there are any other cultures in the world? I don't know the answer to this. No. If there are any other cultures in the world which work on a different cycle from seven days. Oh. I mean, I know, as uh, he was saying, it's been experimented with his historically in a few places. Mm. Can't think of anywhere off the top of my head that does it currently or has done it over a sustained period of time. I've tried a two-day week with a five-day <laughs> weekend. Day week. <laughs> That's really good, actually. I don't know why people don't do that. And I mean, it's still a seven. <laughs> I, mean, I, I studied geography at uni, so I, at one point I had a six-day weekend. <laughs> oh, very good. Very good. If you are studying geography at university and you want to write to Stu... <laughs> uh, they'll have enough time, won't they, so that'd be all right. <laughs> they'll have enough time. Send him a discourse. Okay, brilliant. Micah, uh, you're next. Would you like to pick a number between one? 60. We're going to go with 24. Yeah, good. All right. That was well considered. Oh, isn't... Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Question 24. Isn't the first life cells... Great question. I, 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 I mean, I'm. We'll let you think. Thank you for that. I, I mean, are they asking for the the first life that um came into existence, or the? Do you know this is from the Noel Parish crew, and so I guess this one's for Hugh, then, isn't it? It, yes. might, it might have to be. Sorry, sorry, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Hugh, what are, what are you saying to this? I just explain the what, question. Yes. What, you're, what are you feeding them over there? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is before I get to talk to them. But um, uh, so this is all about understanding Genesis chapter one. And so this question is about the first life um, that was on earth. Back to you, Micah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right in it. Yeah. Well, I guess what, what I will say mm. about the question is that I think what what Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 are concerned about is they're, they're, they're concerned about uh, showing the the goodness of the life that is created um, mm. by God. And especially on uh, as, as we get to day six in the creation of humankind, the, the particular um, unique quality and value that is placed on, on those people. So um, mm. I am not qualified to mm. speak um, as to what came chronologically first. Mm, sure. Yeah. Um, but what I think I am qualified to say is that f first in value in all creation uh, under the heavens and the earth, according to the Bible, is is humanity, mm. and that is that is astounding. Uh, and it would be a, it would be a pretty shocking thing to say if it weren't told us by God Himself. Mm. Wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah, good thought. Yeah, very good. That was close. <laughs> you did great. No one else is jumping in, are they? Anyone else want to go on that one? We've got someone thinking about having a go. You're just getting ready for the next no, one. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm just ready for my question. No, do you think that question? Do you think that question might have been bored out of, um, you know, primordial soup versus created human? Uh, Hugh yes, I think so. Yeah, you think I think so? it's somebody wondering about whether life began with Adam and Eve. Yeah, and science would suggest it goes a lot further back than that. 
Yeah. Okay. All right. I mean, typically we'd lean into Micah's answer then about the beauty of God and humanity. And yeah. Can I just say on that though? Mm. I once used that as a as an as an argument, which I think came across quite well. Yeah. For the existence of God. Mm. And I said actually because I was talking to this this. Uh, she, she she was from a Sikh background family, but she declared herself an atheist. Yeah, and I just said, uh, 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 "Strange, because you strike me as quite intellectual." We're we're in a uni- in a law university at the time. I'm not going to name which one. Yeah, and she was rather taken aback by my, by my rather rude comment. Uh, you, you went there. <laughs> I went there, and yeah. I said, "Well, how can you believe that?" Uh, so take you know take the very first thing that was created. It must have been a self replicating cell with DNA. Mm. How do you, how do you believe that happened by accident? And then I just left that with her. And it came across quite well. She said, she said at the end of the conversation, you've left me a lot to think about. So I think there's yeah. ways that we can just use our intellect mm. to actually argue for God in whatever situation we find ourselves Very in. Very good. Thank you, Steve. Or should we say Pastor Steve? I don't know. There's something <laughs> going on there. Brilliant. Okay, we're over to Stu now. Stu, would you like to uh, pick a number? Number one. Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Number one. <laughs> Oh, Dude, no. Do you want to pick yeah, again? Yeah. <laughs> okay, here we go. Hit me. Here we go. This is from the Noel Parish Massive again. Um, we've got How Was God Born? Yes. <laughs> Easy. Well, Hang on, just let me take a sip of this beer. <laughs> the answer might not be at the bottom of that glass. How was God born? <laughs> It doesn't matter how slowly you say it, Stu. <laughs> You're still going to have to answer it. Um, I, I don't think God was born. Um, the Bible... So I, I think... Well, there's, there's not really a... That is a theological question, not a scientific question, really. Sure. Isn't it? Because I suppose the minute you start kind of putting, putting God as part of the question... For lots of questions, it, it becomes a theological question, and I think I, I have some, <laughs> some, some qualifications to be able to answer a question like that. Yeah, I, uh, God wasn't born according to the Bible. According to the Bible, uh, God is eternal, so that means He has always existed and He always uh, will exist. There was there was no point uh, when when God was not. And and I think we as as humans who are naturally time bound because that's the way that we've been created, mm-hmm. um, we find that hard to comprehend because we think well everything has a beginning and everything has an end, but that's because we are we are in in this system in this universe that that has been created by God, and. You know, by nature, it must have been created by something outside of it, something that is so uh, different to it. Um, and so therefore, you know, how was God born? You know, the answer is, well, he wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, very good. I heard um, or read um, what to me has been the best analogy for this that I've seen recently, which is kind of picks up on what you're saying about it being a bit of a category error that like we think this because yeah. it's everything we know has a beginning and an end. Mm. So then, well, naturally we apply that to God. And um, this comes from a book that actually he was part of answering some questions for, 101 Great Big Questions, but I don't think it, it was your answer, was it, Hugh? Um, but um, this person was saying that's kind of like if you have a kid who comes home and the walls in the living room have been painted and the kid asks, oh, who painted the living room? And you say, well, mummy painted the living room. And you go, oh, well, who painted mummy? Oh, mummy wasn't painted. Like, it's a different question. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, I think that's that's kind of what you're saying. Is it? It's a, it's it's really a different good. category. Yeah. Yeah, super helpful in a way. Isn't it? Yeah, you should be on the science and faith team. <laughs> <laughs> If you want to, in church speak, as a good Anglican, there's mm. that little phrase, begotten, not made, mm. which refers to Jesus in one of the creeds. And uh, I'm not going to explain it because I'm not sure I can. Sure. But uh, yeah. it's, um, it's there deep in Christian thought. Yeah, very good. Yeah. I think, I think um, even though this is a very, a very uh, wonderful question to be asked by, by a child from, um, a, you know, the Noel Parish youth team. Yeah. I think there's also, you can see kind of slightly more sophisticated sounding versions of this crop up in, yeah. in, uh, adult discourse and, mm. uh, questions around, uh, science and faith. I remember attending a debate, uh, between William Lane Craig and someone else. Mm. Uh, it was a while ago. Um, <laughs> uh, so I can't remember his name and I'm very sorry, uh, over at the university of Birmingham. And this question kind of cropped up as they're debating in the Kalam cosmological argument. Right, yeah. So the, the premises of that are, I believe, uh, everything that came to exist has a cause. The universe came to exist, therefore the universe has a cause. Mm. And one of the questions that was um, put to Lane Craig at the end of that debate was, if everything that came to exist has a cause, um, then what's caused God? Mm. Um, and realistically, that is a, a sophisticated re reworking yeah, of that same right. question, yeah. um, to which William Lane Craig's answer was quite simply, uh, the answers in the answers in the premises, uh, everything, if everything that came to exist has a cause, then the question is really, are we saying that God came to exist yeah. or not? Mm. And the Christian response to that is, no, he didn't come to exist. And therefore he, he doesn't uh, mm. require a cause um, to yeah. exist. Great. The Alpha and the Omega. <clears throat> Love that. Okay, really good. All right, so we're going to have this. Uh, Steve, well, pick I'm, a number. I'm going 59. 59. The far end, but not quite the last one. Good man. Is okay. that your age, Steve? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I just I just look well. Well, you can call me Grandpa Steve, so, you know, I might well be 59. <laughs> 59. We're into. We're into yeah, the bonus yeah. questions. Yeah, that's what I was hoping. I was hoping. So this is what we do here. And, I think I get uh, a blank one. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the sausage, eggs. Oh, it's a shopping list. That joke earlier. We won't do it again. Oh, I just did. Okay, here we go. This is for you. Are you ready? You're a global man, and here's a question for you. Why... Uh, does Russia want to occupy Ukraine? <laughs> Not joking. <laughs> yeah, I did say you can ask about anything. So <laughs> is, this, is this your doing? Is this yeah. your, um, why does Russia want to occupy Ukraine? What will be his next step if he really occupied Ukraine? I'm not sure that's on subject, is it? <laughs> amazing, amazing. It's not on the subject of anything. God, it's not on the subject of anything apart from current affairs, which I'm so out of touch with that uh, I'm not sure I'm qualified to answer that or indeed even give it a go. Do you want to nominate the person who studied somewhat Central European history? Please, yeah, go for it. Go for it, Louise. <laughs> who, do we know one, Lou? <laughs> yeah, yeah okay. shockingly. Um, so, yeah, my degree is in French, German and Polish. That involves a certain amount of Polish history. Ukraine is next to Poland. Amazing. Here we go. Here we go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's... Yeah. It's because it's close to the game. Strap in, everybody. This room. <laughs> um, so there's a lot of kind of mythology around why Russia feels very related to Ukraine, and there's also history around that. Um, back in the days of why Russia is called Russia, there's the Kiev Van Rus, Kiev and Russia, um, and a lot of their mythology is centered around Kiev. So there's something in their kind of psyche that feels like Kiev should be a part of that. There's also periods of history where Ukraine has been part of Russia, although it's, I think it's a minority of history, but there's still a kind of connection there. 
um, how the Ukraine is not super into this. They quite like their independence. They uh, did not do so well in the latest version of being part of uh, Russia, which was the USSR at the time, I believe. Um, they had yeah. massive, massive famines because Russia sent all of the wheat from Ukraine to Russia and starved the Ukrainians instead. Um, so, yeah, that's why they're not big fans of this. I can't comment on Vladimir Putin's psyche, but there's a brief history of Russia and Ukraine. I guess it goes back to the first question we were asked, which was, uh, oh. why are people mean? You are. Oh, you, very nice. You are a lateral guy, aren't you? You've seen, <laughs> you've seen it on all levels. Yeah, and um, for those of you who've just joined us, uh, you're not on the wrong podcast. <laughs> I'm now convinced we can answer any question on anything. <laughs> this is the team. Bring it on. Very good. Thanks for that, Lou. That's very good. I think we'll give Steve another question, though. <laughs> From the same crew. Yeah, um, yep, go for and, it. Um, what do you think about aliens? Amazing. I love that question. I love that question because I believe aliens exist. Ah. Because if you really look at um, angels in the Bible, mm. you could actually describe them as alien beings mm. because they're not of this world. Uh, they're not natural to the planet Earth. And so they, but they visit. Mm. And so they come. And you think angels and demons and the supernatural mm. that, that I think many people, whether they're Christian or of other faith or of no faith would acknowledge there's something in it, mm. you know? And, uh, and so I would say that actually, yes, there is a visible, powerful presence from another place, another world that we encounter. Gotcha. And so yeah. I would describe those as, those as aliens and, uh, whether or not aliens come from other planets or not for me is, is, is neither here nor there. Sure. But actually I think, I think we have some common ground with a lot of people when we say, yeah, I actually mm. believe there are forces at work and uh, and they're forces we completely do not understand uh, and and we have to be aware and we have to be careful. Good work. Um, but we have a God who is more powerful and and we can trust him for yeah. protection and, yeah, ah. that's my view on aliens. Really good. Yeah, yeah. And it does say in the Bible, doesn't it? I mean, it does say every time, almost every time an angel appears. Yeah. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. <laughs> you know, so that would fit. That would fit with the idea. I, I thought you were going to say, you know, take care of strangers and aliens. But yeah, oh, oh, you know. Well, oh, it's like, funny you should like mention that, New York. Steve, because actually in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 43 to 45, uh -oh. uh, in the New King James Version, <laughs> ah, the one Jesus spoke, <laughs> says, the alien who is among you shall rise higher and higher above you, Amen. and you shall come down lower and lower. <laughs> so, you know, that is, that is proof. That is that. That, you know, Moses believed in aliens. Moses now. believed that their day would come one day. <laughs> but, but it's not as good as Alien, though, is it? No. No. <laughs> or it's much better than. I mean, I don't fancy being a part of that setup in Alien. <laughs> and Sting had a difficult time when he went to New York as well. He was an alien, wasn't he? So, yeah, very good. All right, well, lots of uh, fun answers to that. We're on to Louise. Hello, yeah. Louise. <laughs> Are we going to comment on um, that was for fun taking a verse out of context? Cool, moving on. <laughs> I don't, know, where, I don't yeah. know at what point people's understanding is when they're listening to this. Well, that's <laughs> true. That does exist in the Bible. Thank you, Stu. Uh, but I encourage everybody to do their own reading and contextualization, making sure authorial intent and culture at the time. There we are. All right, just in case so Lou doesn't sack me. All right, Lou, over to you. What, uh, what number do you want? Uh, 16. 16 it is. Let's have a little look at this one then. 
Oh, this is a great question. I'm so glad. This is going to start with you, and I think it's going to open up as well, which is good. Uh, 16, the Bible doesn't really sound scientific. Can you explain the sciencey bits? It sounds like myths. Oh, this is my question. This is your question. The Bible doesn't sound sciencey because the Bible is not a science textbook. Um, cool. Yeah, genuinely. Um, mm. So as a translator, one of the things I think a lot about is the type of text that I'm reading and therefore the type of text that I'm writing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and one of the things that to look at when you're reading literally anything is, what are you looking at? And you, you'll do this instinctively. Like if you pick up a newspaper, you know it's a newspaper article. There's there's things that you're trained to see that tell you it's a newspaper article. If you pick a recipe, you know it's a recipe. If you pick up a fiction book, you know it's a fiction book. But when you pick up the Bible, that's written in a different culture and different cultures have different markers mm. for what type of text they are. Yeah. So we're so used to picking things up and just thinking that this will be, our, you know, a list of facts, a record of events in the same way that you might expect from a newspaper. Mm. But that's not necessarily what you're looking at because the culture that wrote it had different markers. So you then kind of have to go to the people who know what those markers are for that culture mm. and see what kind of text you're looking at. Um, and yeah. so... Some of them will be super obvious. If you open the Psalms, it's obviously poetry. Like, mm. it's, if you open the Gospels, it's obviously biography. Mm. Um, but there's other parts that are a little trickier. And um, mm. the start of Genesis is one of those bits. Sure. And a lot of experts are telling us that actually what we read here is, is representative. Mm. So it's almost like a really complex version of going, it's raining cats and dogs. Like, it's not. They're like, Tiddles didn't fall from the sky and meet a grizzly end on the pavement. He landed on his feet, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I am telling you something important that you need to know. If you go outside, it's raining really heavily and you understand the truth of what I'm saying, even though the words are not entirely literal. Very so yeah. f for me, that would be a way to, to read Genesis. Is it's telling us a lot about who God is and how he relates to his creation and to humans, but I'm not going to read it like a science textbook because that's not what it is. Very Micah good. looks like he's got a lot to say. I've, I've, <laughs> I just want to draw people's attention to the the first of the science and faith uh, talks uh, that we we yeah. had, uh, which I, I imagine somebody clever can put in a description somewhere. Is, is, Clever. Yeah, very clever. Find it. Find that it in the show notes. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. The uh, the talk given by John Lennox was uh, titled "Can Science Answer Everything?" And I think mm. there's there's another really important qu um, question underneath this, isn't there? Which is that there's a myth going round that in order for something to be true, then it has to be a scientific claim, mm. and that it, that is a that is a new thought. Uh, and that is not necessarily a scientific thought either. That is actually a philosophical thought, so something that Johnny might want to comment on further. Mm. Um, but the, Bi the Bible's got a lot to say about a lot of things. Yeah. Um, and and the, way, the way it purports to uh, address you is as truth, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's synonymous with scientific truth. Mm. Uh, they're addressing different things. Very and good. just because they're not the same doesn't mean they're not true. Yeah. Yeah, fan of those answers. That's good, <clears throat> especially the type of book as well. I mean, you said it jokingly at the beginning, but it's important. It's not a science textbook. Um, it's good, and it's, it's full of poetry and history and account and biography and pastoral letters and 
all sorts. So what is it trying to do? So I think that's good. The second part of the question I like, though, and we'll get some answers from you guys as well, which is, so what about those miracles then? Are they real or what? I, they didn't say they like that. I've said it like that. They're probably really, really well spoken. Yeah. But are they real or what? What do we think about miracles? I'll go to Hugh. Um, how, how do we reconcile some of these kind of seemingly impossible events? Do we need to? Yes, I think for me, if you start with the big one, which mm. is the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, yeah. an almost completely improbable claim. Mm. Um, if we could demonstrate that was true, then the others kind of pale into sure. insignificance in comparison. Mm. And quite a lot of people have done a lot of work in this area and um, believe that the resurrection of Jesus historically is a very, very well attested event. Yeah. And that leaves aside the whole area of people's own Christian experience of claiming that they know Jesus in the here and now. And that's, if you like, an implication of his resurrection. So I'm well up for miracles. Well up for them. That's good. You almost turned Pentecostal there. <laughs> yeah. Very good. I like that. Okay. Anyone else want to speak on miracles? I was just going to say, I was listening recently uh, to uh, to another podcast. Uh, uh, what? Are, Sorry, oh, they don't I, exist, do they? I <laughs> recommend. Am I allowed to mention it? Yeah, go for it. Uh, so The Rest is History with mm. uh, Tom Holland and Dominic Sandbrook. Gotcha. Uh, which I highly recommend. And they did a couple of... Uh, so they're, they're not Christian uh, historians, um, but they uh, they talk about anything. Uh, in history and they did a couple of episodes leading up to Christmas and they were they did two episodes on Jesus they were Jesus Christ the history and Jesus Christ the mystery mm. and and Tom Holland has written a great book which I highly recommend yeah. about kind of the impact of essentially the impact of Jesus Christ on the history of the Western world. It's called Dominion. Yeah. Uh, and one of the things he said in in this podcast, which I'm pretty confident he talks about in Dominion, is um like the evidence for the the reliability and the truthfulness of uh, the gospels uh, about Jesus is uh, is so good hmm. that it's really hard to look at kind of the miraculous claims in the gospel hmm. and and say well they didn't happen because there's so many other things within within the text themselves which as an ancient historian he kind of says well I can't really argue with that yeah and he says so he, his basic conclusion is, you know, he kind of stopped short of saying, I believe in Jesus's miracles. But he yeah. said, there's got to be something mm. to these things. Otherwise, they wouldn't have been written down. Yeah. So, you know, he says Jesus was clearly a person around whom unbelievable things happened. Um, mm. But he couldn't like as he basically said, as a secular historian, I can't comment on on what those things were and what they mean sure. or how they happened. Brilliant. Thanks. What was the name of that book? Dominion. Dominion. Tom, by Holland. Tom Holland. Yeah. And so, not Spider-Man. Tom Holland. Uh, Other Tom Holland. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he could write a great book, but uh, it's not one for reading right now. Okay. So we've got only a few moments left, really, of our time. And thank you all for being here. So we're going to rattle through some questions. So I'm going to start with uh, Mayman at the back end. <laughs> Another tough one for you. Um, actually, though, uh, it would be remiss for us not to say this because it's mentioned so many times. What about the dinosaurs? Why aren't the Bible talking about the dinosaurs? They've, these these kids are from London. These other kids. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Not no. We've, we've moved places. What about what about the dinosaurs? Um, 
Yes, I, all I'd say is yes, I believe in dinosaurs. I, I think the uh, they existed. I would go along with the is it archaeological? I'm this, I'm really out of my field here, yeah, but well, I think we're talking archaeology. Archaeology, um, but a, again, again, and I just have to bounce to a far w- wider discussion that is not easy to uh, talk about. If you if you take a literal view of the six days of creation and mm. a very young Earth, you can have a real problem with That's this, right, and yeah. it is a real problem because you basically end up being essentially a a kind of equivalent of a flat earther if you go down that line. You're going to be have to have to not just dinosaurs, you're going to have to talk about all sorts of uh, things. Now, people are more than welcome to go down that route if they want to. I personally just don't think theologically I'm, I have to go down that route and mm. become very esoteric in my views and say God put the fossils there and everything because I don't believe in a young earth. But that's a, yeah, that opens yeah. up another load of questions. Yes, yeah, is, yeah. Really good. Anybody want to mention about dinosaurs? One of the questions I've been asked is um, not just were there dinosaurs, but why aren't they in the Bible? To which my answer is because the Bible's not that bothered about it, <laughs> which is a bit sad. I mean, and all the kids went, "Thanks, Louise, for your lovely answer." Oh, no, like who wouldn't be bothered about dinosaurs? No, but um, like the main theme is like God and His people, right? And yeah. dinosaurs are not people. It's not, um, its, it's not its concern. <laughs> yeah, it's not its concern. And if you like, yeah. if you're going to include literally everything that happened, it'd be an even longer book than it is. Like mm. you'd write more than that about my life and many thirty-three. Yeah. Like you can't include everything, and like they, I don't, just don't think they made the. Well, cut. I don't drive drive a car because in the Bible, Jesus never drove. Of a car, so um, Hugh, do you got? Do you want to add something? You know, no, dinosaurs are great. Yeah, okay, that's what we wanted. That was yeah, the finish we wanted. Yeah, but, all right, we'll come back to Hugh though. Um, bless. There's a question here from a, a girl, uh, and we'll go for the second one. I think will humans live longer in the future? Probably. <laughs> Hugh is into this well, uh, rapid response format. <laughs> uh, anyone else want to share on that? Do you think we're going to live longer? It's a difficult one to call, isn't it? I'm, I'm, I'm doing the Bible in a year at the moment. Uh, ooh, but basically I'm reminded in Genesis especially of like, uh, I, you know, my life's not been that great. I've only done 130 years. I think, you know, one of the patriarchs says, I just think 130 years. It's unheard of nowadays. <laughs> so I don't really know what's happened with all that. That's a podcast for another time. Probably. I think there's a lot on that. There is. <laughs> what's happened to the aging? We'll do it again. The same phrase, you know, these London kids. Okay. Um, okay, question for you three here. Anyone can jump in on this. Um, here it is. Is the multiverse real? <laughs> Mike is desperate to answer that question. <laughs> volunteering someone else. <laughs> I don't feel qualified to answer this question. There we are. And that's okay to say, isn't it? That's Absolutely. Okay to say. But we can have opinions. Uh, here we go then. And I just think the multiverse is completely irrelevant because what it does <laughs> what it does is totally distract people from the real thing it's like in um in monsters university for any of you that's seen that classic love that uh, <laughs> Come on. you know there's a, there's a character that says the art of misdirection mm. and they sort of move their hand for those of you not watching on screen former and, salesman uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so the art of misdirection. And so I just think the multiverse is this huge intellectual black hole that sucks so much attention because we're trying to explain away God. Mm. And so for me, that's what the multiverse is about. And I think we can very easily get drawn into all these sort of intellectual wranglings when people are actually just trying to avoid the big question. That's really, really important. I don't think there's any scientific evidence for the multiverse, but it makes great movies. He's <laughs> <laughs> killing the one-liners. This there is very go. good. There we go. Well, I think I think we'll bring it to we'll bring it to a close there, and we'll thank you. We'll give yourselves a round of applause. This has been a wonderful. <laughs>
Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the break from our conventional format and roles. You can get in touch with questions, comments, or suggestions on Instagram at Now There's a Thought or by email to Now There's a Thought at c3gallery.church. They both look exactly like Now Teresa Thought, but that's just a happy coincidence. Though if your name is Teresa and you'd like to help us live up to our Instagram handle, please get in touch for that too. Do also have a look at Science and Faith in the Second City's resources. There are links in the show notes, or you can just Google it. We'll be back next month with a recording from our field trip to Cambridge, so follow us on your podcast app to get a notification. And don't forget to tell your friends if you enjoy the podcast. But not if you don't. That's no help. <laughs>